welcome to another episode of the Babshi and Yaya Travel the World podcast. It's a place where we like to spend some time talking about all things travel and how travel can be part of your lifestyle, whether you're hanging out at home or you've got boarding passes in your hands. Travel influences us every single day. My name is Alex. I play the Babsha role in all of this. I'm a mom, a teacher, and a traveler. I love to blog about all things travel over at www.tgc travel.com and I'm an overall travel junkie. Meet my best friend Terry. Hi, my name's Terry. I play the part of Yaya. I'm also a mom, I'm a teacher, and a U.S. traveler. Today we're going to attempt to answer the big question. Why travel? Yep, why do some people find themselves addicted to travel? As always, we'll share some of the things that keep us travel happy when we are not out and about. We'll talk books, foods, travel tips, and products that we love, and it all starts with a little segment we like to call Now Boarding. So this week, we are talking all about why people are addicted to travel. What makes people so travel happy? And, you know, there are a lot of studies out there. There are a lot of ways to categorize and label travelers. There's all of this kind of stuff that's out there that very fancy people have talked about for a while. But in my opinion, basically it comes down to the fact that A, travel makes us happy, and B, we're all natural bucket listers. So I thought in today's um, now boarding section, we would talk about some stuff that helps us be great bucket listers. So here are some of the different picks that Babsha and Yaya have come up for travel travel addicts. My first pick is a book pick. And um, these are two things that we've talked about in other... Um, in other shows and I think that they are well worth the merit. The first one is A Thousand Places to See Before You Die by Patricia Schultz, which is a travel classic. This woman traveled the world with her husband. She wrote down everything and a lot of her stuff that she lists in her book, she definitely describes them very well and gives you the information. She updates her book often. Um, She she doesn't just put like the Eiffel Tower, or the Great Wall of China. She'll put like the Lantern Festival in Thailand, um, the Scottish Highland Games, you know, like she adds in more than just kind of like look and see things, which is probably why that book became far more of a classic than anybody expected. What about you? Well, my book, because right now, you know, I'm I'm a big U.S. traveler, and mm-hmm. uh, one of my books is, and I know we've mentioned it on other shows, is The 50 States, 5,000 Ideas. Yes. It, I mean, it's so nice. It's done by the travel experts, you know, at National Geographic, and it gives you things that would be common like national parks museums but then you get some of the offbeat Mm -hmm. sites to see as well and i think it's really great for those people who aren't traveling internationally and just want to make start making as we would like to say their bucket list for u.s travel definitely i agree and probably the granddaddy of all 
bucket list books is Listography, which is this incredible series of journals where all you do is list stuff, either stuff you've already done or stuff that you want to do. And um, I am such a fan of the Listography book. I probably pull mine out once a week and add a memory or add something that I've been inspired by, something like that. And um, the links for all of those um, choices are will be in our show notes today. What about travel tips, Tara? What are you what are you thinking? I think for those people that are wanting to set out to travel and and see these places, they need to start kind of with a minimalist state of mind, as you like to say, to mm-hmm. kind of, you know, cut corners, downsize where you can put all your funding maybe you want to say it that way towards being Mm -hmm. able to travel Mm -hmm. yeah you know and I find myself doing it more and more like I'm I second guess large purchases and do I really need that can I sell that off you know especially and maybe it's more prevalent for me and you right now because we're in that stage of life where our kiddos are kind of adults now and mm-hmm. you know we're we're not dealing with the gear like we used to oh, that's yeah. for sure yeah i mean i even want eventually to downsize my house to be yeah. able to have just what's needed so then i can pick up and my husband and i or whoever i want to travel you and i want to go take a trip we can mm-hmm. do that exactly so. yeah and i do think that most travel addicts will tell you that's a, their first step you know they they choose a minimalist lifestyle and that's not necessarily saying um i live in you know a cement box apartment with nothing on the walls i think it means that you live comfortably but not excessively yeah right yeah i mean so. you're not gonna go without you exactly. know i'm not gonna you know we enjoy going out to dinner i'm not gonna stop doing that just so mm-hmm. down the road i can travel somewhere but there's other ways that i can minimalize things in my life exactly what about you what's your big travel tip well, my travel tip this week is for those bucket listers. And, you know, a lot of times we collect stuff to remind us of all of those moments on our bucket list. And I met, um, I, I'm a Navy wife for a very long time, and I met a senior Navy wife to me who for years and years and years, as they had been posted around the world and they had traveled around the world, she got a cup of sand from every beach that she had been on. She would just take a cup of sand and put it in a plastic bag. And she had this beautiful cylinder vase and she would put a little label as to where the sand would come in. And then she would layer that sand in this vase. And over the years, she had the year and the place that it had come from. And, you know, there are some places that military members are privileged to be able to go to. And so she had sand from Normandy. She had sand from Northern Africa. She had sand from Iwo Jima. Um, you know, it, it was it was very touching to see what had come of that. But I really think like if that's your thing, if you're if you're somebody who's like, I want to go on my bucket list, I have like the 10 most 
famous beaches in the world. You know, I want to go to the black sands in Santorini, or I want to go to the pink sands in South Africa, in uh, South America. Um, that could be a really cool way for you to enjoy that and have kind of a representation of your bucket list. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on the same note of, you know, we've been talking about bucket listers. I think that there's a company called Jet Set Candy. And if you haven't seen them, they're super kitschy. It's super fun. It's the traveler's answer to those bangle bracelets that have everything. What are those called? The the little bangle bracelets. Alex and Annie? Yeah. Are you talking Pandora where you can add the charms? Well, I'm thinking more of the ones that are not like um, charmy, but the the ones that have like um, a stiff cuff to them. Yes, isn't that Alex and Annie? Yeah. So they have they have the cutest little airport code charms, and um, they have quite a few other things um, that are kind of airport code inspired, like throw pillows and bookmarks and all kinds of stuff. So it's called Jet Set Candy. Super cute. A great way to kind of remember lots of those bucket list things. And, you know, thinking of that, my travel product is the scratch-off maps. Mm. I mean, like for me, I'm a person who likes to see my list, my to-do list, and I like to see where I check it off and get everything done. Mm -hmm. Just like with my bucket list. How great is it when you go someplace, scratch it off, so then you have a visual reminder of where you visited. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And, you know, for those people who are bucket list fans, um, I think our travel binge has to be collectively the amazing race. Of course. Right? Yeah. You know, and I noticed on that show, um, they... Everything happens very quickly on that show. And um, the one kind of lesson I think that you learn is that they don't necessarily get to enjoy what they're actually doing because of the race. Yes. And they're not like getting the full experience out of that, which is probably the biggest downfall to thinking of travel in terms of bucket listing. Um, that's probably my biggest takeaway from that show in, in those terms. However, I love seeing all the crazy stuff that they come up with. My favorite is the Japanese game shows. I, I love when they have to go on a Japanese <laughs> game show. So funny because it's true. Those shows really do exist. But like, you're right. I do agree with you. It is sad though that you watch them racing and they're running by the Eiffel tower and they don't get to take that one moment Mm -hmm. to experience it. Exactly. And I, I must say there are moments like, especially when they're in Africa, kind of out in the, in the bush Mm -hmm. where many of the players say something like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I can't believe this. Right goosebump moment I'm having you know and that's great and I hope that that happens more than maybe the show kind of shows us yeah so yeah but you know sometimes you got to slow down and I guess that brings us to exactly what we're talking about when it comes to travel food yum I do I agree we need to be those slow eaters I think Mm -hmm. you and I both as teachers we get 30 minutes to I like to call inhale our lunch. No joke. 
And you kind of get in that state of mind and you see it going, oh my gosh, I'm doing this during the summer too. I'm sitting down to my meal and I'm eating it quickly so I can keep going. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you travel, I think you need to take the moment and stop, go to those mom and pop places. Don't go to your chain restaurants and sit and enjoy a meal. Take your time. Spend an hour or two enjoying yourself. No joke. And, and and enjoy the local of it. I can eat chicken McNuggets anywhere. I can get my yes. venti latte anywhere. And, you know, it was so funny. I was in Poland and Krakow and we rent this Airbnb right in the downtown. And I took a picture of my mother and behind her was Starbucks and McDonald's. And my Uncle Jay was like, they have Starbucks and McDonald's there? Yes, they have them everywhere. They are everywhere. everywhere. Yes. You know, and it's a shame that that kind of overtakes maybe the the cooler moment the more interesting moment of you know a mom and pop's place and when it comes to eating slow food I do have a very destination specific tip and that is if you are in Rome Italy Mm -hmm. if you're in Rome Italy this is what you need to do to find the best food go to the Vatican everybody goes And then just look around. There's groups of nuns everywhere and watch them walk away from the Vatican and follow them. I promise you there are no better people on earth that will bring you to the cheapest, best food closest to the Vatican. Those, they're saints. They know exactly what they're doing in the food department. Nobody eats cheap food better than a nun. And they, they find the best restaurants. So when, if you're in Rome, follow the nun. That's, that's my big advice on that. So as we're talking about travel, um, picks and all that other kind of stuff, when I think about technology, probably the place that I think most people should start and do start is with Pinterest boards. Pinterest is actually more than 55% of the travels of the travel industry searches online. So it is is out there. I know TGC travel has a Pinterest board and we're constantly getting hits on that from people, but I mean, it's also inspiration. You know, you can do a lot of research and you could definitely do have a lot of inspiration, you know, and you got to kind of keep track and keep organized. Oh, yeah. Like you're going on your trip, make a board and just pin away. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, there you have everything and you can go back to it. And you're like, oh, okay, this isn't so good. You can get rid of it, add more to it. So, but with that, my travel tech is going to be your trip bucket app. Again, I'm a list person. I mm-hmm. love to make a list. So yeah. this trip bucket app is basically just a big list maker. You make oh. your bucket list. Mm-hmm. Put down where you want to go, where you want to see, and just start making those lists so you can eventually start checking them off. So today we're talking all about travel addiction and those crazy travel addicts that are out there. I know that's me, and I definitely come from a long line of travel addicts. Um, My mother is probably the best travel addict I know, for sure. And we thought we would start by talking about the different types of travelers there are and how, essentially, they're all bucket listers in the end. 
So we would start with a bucket lister. These are people who are super organized, who really know what they're talking about when it comes to um, travel. They know what they want. They're going to go do it. That's what they've got taken care of. And I think, I think my husband could be a bucket lister (laughs) because uh, we do have a trip planned in March out Mm -hmm. to guess where? Guess. I'm going to guess. Ready? Yeah. Jackson Hole, Wyoming. How'd you know? (laughs) he's He's such a great list maker, bucket lister, because he's got it all planned. Like mm-hmm. every, every stop, everywhere. And some people are just wired that way to make those lists. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I find that over time, I'm less of that kind of traveler. Like I'm, I'm a little bit more go with the flow now than I used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So our second kind of traveler after bucket listers, which are probably the most popular category, come the package travelers. These are people that buy the package from the travel agent or from the tour company, and it's kind of like buy, pack, go, somebody else is in charge of all the logistics, which is great. I do think it's true. So my mother called me out on this today. The article that kind of supports this particular podcast came out as we're recording this. And she said, you know, Al, I really kind of thought that you would talk about cruisers. You didn't, you didn't say anything about cruisers. And I said, well, mom, cruisers are package travelers. Well, let me just tell you, (laughs) I got schooled on that. (laughs) Apparently, Cruisers do not feel that they are package travelers. They are their own entity and their own kind of people. And it is far too big of a an industry to simply put underneath another one, according to my mother. So I will say, cruisers, I get you. I know that one third of you are kind of interested in being on the ship and hanging out and having that shipboard life. You kind of really don't care where you cruise to. One third of you are kind of new travelers and you are ready to take the package tours and kind of stick with the itinerary. And the other third, the last third, are people who kind of use the ship as their floating hotel. They, they're like first people out, last people back, you know, so three different kinds of cruisers, but they are, this is for my mother, everybody. They are different than package travelers. And your mother, I think, falls in all categories. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> she does. She is the ultimate. Yes. Um, yeah, she's the ultimate travel addict. That's for sure. We're going to, I talked to her today and I think we're going to do a Mother's Day episode with her. I think that would be so much fun. Yeah, we'll yes. get we'll get the original travel gypsy on for that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now the next one, you know far more about than I do because this is something I am not. No, you're not. I am the road tripper, mm-hmm. and my husband is the road tripper, and. I think it's great because you do, you get to see so many things. You pack up the car and Mm -hmm. you head out. And the best thing is what works for us. He loves to drive. I don't like to drive. So it works out both, you know, 
I ride along, I nap along, we stop, we see stuff. So we are the, the ultimate road trippers. Yeah, and you have a lot of experience with it that I don't. I I was there is this East Coast thing about the New York to Florida trip, and I did that once a year, and it was just rotten. It's like everybody get in the car. We're not stopping until we hit the Florida state line, and and it's twenty hours, and it's just it's just horrible. So I'm not a fan. I do not have good memories. But I did road trip around Ireland, and I did like that. And I where else did I road trip? Oh. I road tripped um, in northern France. I did do that, but we would only drive like 50 miles (laughs) at the most. (laughs) It's like no more than two hours in the car at a time. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm good with that. Now, one one classic type of uh, traveler is the gap year backpacker. This is that traditional thing. And I think about this as kind of almost an era gone by um, because this was so popular kind of in the 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, these young kids who kind of go with very little money over to Europe and they they backpack through Europe and stay in hostels and all that other kind of stuff. But I have to say, the more I researched on this, the more I see that this is a very large group of travelers and the age is no longer just that post high school college age kids um I found that it also extends to so many more continents now and that a lot of backpackers while there are plenty in Europe still are expanding their horizons to South America Africa Australia Southern Asia you know they're really interested in in a lot more than just the typical classic, what people think of as the European gap year backpacker. So you're yeah. saying this doesn't just fall now to the people who have graduated high school and, you know, you take the year off between high school and college to find mm-hmm. yourself and backpack through Europe. And so what you're saying is, is that you and I could do this? <laughs> okay. So I thought about this. Ah. <laughs> uh, I really don't think that our backs and our boobs would be able to hold a backpack and climb every mountain in Europe. (laughs) One, and I got to tell you, I don't think that the word hostel and babsha and yaya belong in the same sentence. (laughs) I just don't think that we would, it would not go well for us. It would not go well. (laughs) If we wanted to, we could. Okay, I'll try once, but I'm telling you, I'm going to wind up in a five-star <laughs> five hotel the next night. I want a beachfront view. <laughs> Our backpacks will be on wheels. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We'll just drag them right up the mountain in Switzerland, right? <laughs> now, I'll tell you another type of traveler we are not, you and I are not, and that is a world schooler. We actually talked about world schooling in our back to school episode, and we kind of dug into it a little bit there. But there are people who have taken homeschooling to a whole new level, and they travel while they teach their kids. God bless them. Those are special people. (laughs) They are, (laughs) because I couldn't do it. And we know where we would not be backpacking anywhere because we would be in the clinker. We would have, our kids would be gone and we would be, yeah, it would not be good. No. It would not be good. We would not be traveling anywhere. Yeah. Now, 
two new kinds of travelers that have come about are the slow traveler and the nomadic traveler, which tends to be kind of like the people who are look maybe looking for themselves and looking for a deeper deeper meaning in things and kind of getting a little bit more existentialist on what travel brings to them. They get a lot out of travel, there's no doubt about it, but there are a lot of constraints to slow travel, which literally means not cramming 27 countries into 14 days. It literally means like going somewhere and living in a community for like six months or a year or whatever, you know, like inserting yourself into a real community. And nomadic travel is really about not having a set home. Like you are a non-location specific. Yeah. And you know, both of those come with a lot of ex- constraints, a lot of commitment, a lot of need for experience, and there are great benefits to both of them, but I'm not quite sure that that's everybody's cup of tea. Now, let me tell you, uh, a teacher that I work with this year, she took a year off last year and her and her husband moved to Spain. Mm-hmm. They sold they sold everything they had. Yeah, everything their their home that they raised their children in their mm-hmm. cars, everything. And they went and lived in Spain for a year and her husband loved it. She mm-hmm. did not. Really? So she I would be in that position. Home. Yeah. Especially when the pandemic hit and quarantine, it was mm-hmm. like, OK, I really wanted to be home. Mm hmm. So, yeah, I don't think I would have a problem with either one of those. My husband would. Oh, like my yes, husband. Yeah, my husband couldn't do it. Yeah, no, I, no. I could totally do it though. Like I could, I could leave with a suitcase and a passport and be gone for years. It wouldn't bother me if I had no responsibilities back home. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, maybe we're gonna leave our responsibilities at home and <laughs> we'll just go do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So here's another big question. A lot of people attribute bucket listers as being the irresponsible traveler. And I have to say, when I look at all the kinds of bucket listers, I don't know about you, Terry, uh, about all the different types of travelers, I should say, I think that they're all bucket listers. I don't think there's any label on here that isn't a bucket lister in one way or another. So I don't know that this is essentially a fair question. I think that there are people who rush travel and Mm -hmm. don't, don't take the time to think about it responsibly and get called bucket listers. Um, But I do think that there are far more responsible travelers than is given credit. I think. Oh, yes. Yeah, I do think people think that through. And, you know, my experience, like when I go to Europe, I try to use ground travel. We try to use ferries. Um, you know, like you want to make sure that you're you're thinking through what you're using. I try to use a lot of eco-friendly products and that kind of stuff. And, you know, there are places where you go where you have to do that. Singapore is one of them. The Great Barrier Reef is another one of them. Um Anywhere where there are large mammals in Africa, mm-hmm. you're you're going to be dealing with eco-friendly products, and you're going to have an, an you know a necessity for them. The biggest thing for me for travelers is the use of water bottles, disposable water bottles. 
it gets out of hand. Oh, that yeah. is a big one. That is a pretty big one. But so I, I don't know. I, I think that bucket lists can be responsible tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. If, yeah. If it's thought of, you know, if there's thought put into it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So one of the things that we can definitely recommend, and, and maybe we should have put this in our now boarding section, but if you are interested in especially slow travel and nomadic travel and kind of that deeper idea of travel, there is a great podcast called um, Zero to Travel Podcast. And the guy on there, his name is Jason, and he lives in Norway with his family and they are kind of nomadic travelers. It's very interesting to see what they, what he kind of brings to the table. And they've been around for like six years now. So they've had a weekly show for like six years. So there's a lot wow. of content there to, to look at. Yeah. Yeah. So Terry, now that we have decided we're all bucket listers, we're all going to be responsible about it what's on your bucket list i think my bucket list stays the same since mm-hmm. my bucket list got canceled this <laughs> summer that i want to go to greece mm-hmm. i want to go back to london i want to go back to paris so those are my top three right now international jaunts mm-hmm. that i want to do what about you Okay. Um, the most far-flung thing on my bucket list is I want to go to Antarctica or at least to Pangea, but I would love to go to Antarctica. I think it would be a super cool experience. And if I ever got the chance, I would definitely do the Arctic plunge. I would do it. I probably wouldn't come back, but maybe that's a good way to go. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, Another thing in that area of the world that I'm interested in is the Galapagos Islands. I would love to go. I think it would be a great experience. So that's my kind of South America bucket list moment. Okay. Um, What's next on my list? Um, Krakow, Poland will always be on my list. Always, always, always. Um. I would love to take the Orient Express. That's on my list. Okay. I think that would be super cool. And I would love to go to Nepal. Those are all. And travel Mm -hmm. to Greece with your person. Well, that's not on my bucket list because that's on my to-do list. Because <laughs> we're going, girl. We are going. We're going. There is no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. But, like, when I think about travel dreams, those are things that I definitely think of. Like, I, I would love to aspire to be able to to go to and do some of those things. And, you know, anywhere in Europe is kind of always on my list. I'm always interested in and checking that out and seeing Europe. I just think it's, you know, it's kind of the urban area of travel. Everything's so close together, you know, so it is definitely cool. So let's wrap up everything here. We've talked about what kind of travel addicts they are there. There are, we've talked about um, how everybody's basically a bucket list addiction travelist right yes yes okay so what is it that addicted travelers do what what are the the takeaways that we can say that 
you know, when you look at a travel addict, here's how they're successful in loving the fact that they travel and being able to do it because it is something to aspire to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think one thing is for travelers to just do stuff. Mm -hmm. Experience where you are. Look at the things and get absorbed in the area that you're in. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense to me. You know, if you're at Victoria Falls and you go look at water, you are not doing what you need to do. You need to paraglide over it or raft on it or zip line across it or, you know, um, take a walk with a college student who knows the history. You've got to do something and not just be a looker. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. And I do think that that's a very big part of being a travel addict is taking a minute to learn a little about where you're going. You know, travelers definitely will take on a bit of the local language. They'll get a hold on history. They'll think it through a little bit more so that they have more context to work with, which allows them to enjoy it. Oh, you know, definitely. Like, you enjoy it more and that makes you keep coming back for more and more and more, you know? And then I think that goes along with eating slow food. Take yourself away. Don't eat at the chain restaurants. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the mom and pop places and experience the people. Not only the food, but I mean, experiencing the people as you're sitting there taking the time to enjoy the local food Mm -hmm. and the people. You know, when you say that, it makes me think about like all the people that I've met over time. But I will tell you this. Um, My mother and I were in Rome and we were staying very close to the Vatican and we were really enjoying ourselves and we were sitting outside al fresco. It was gorgeous. And our waiter comes over and says in an accent that obviously was not Italian. He says, my name is Mario. How can I help you tonight? In his not great English. And I said, Mario, are you from Italy? Like, are you from here? He goes, well, actually, my name is Alec and I'm from Gdansk, Poland. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, really? We're Polish. We're so happy to meet you. He wound up sitting down with us and having a glass of wine with us. Because we were so interested in his story. And you've got to be that kind of person. You've got to get out there and and be the people person because those are your memories. I mean, like the 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 people that you meet and the ones that make you laugh and the ones that touch your heart are, are is what makes you keep going back for more and more and more, right? Yeah, I think and I think that gives you balance. Mm-hmm. You know, because, yeah, you're going to Rome and you're going to the Vatican. What are you going to see? What mm-hmm. is the main thing you're going to see? Mm-hmm. A lot of art and a lot of people milling around. Right. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. want to take the time and you want to find those hidden gems as well. Exactly. Not get off the beaten path and see mm-hmm. things that is that's not normally visited. Yeah. And I do think that travel addicts make it a priority to balance icons like, say, the Eiffel Tower with hidden gems. Um, You know, a great example of that with the Eiffel Tower would be to balance that with a visit 
to, and it's right on a train line, and I can't remember which one it is, but there is the Carnival Amusement Museum with all of these vintage carnival games. Um, that is very close and nobody really goes there to see this great museum that's maybe a five minute walk from the Louvre and you get to go play all these old games. It's so much fun. And, you know, finding those places, I think it makes a huge difference. I do too. Yeah. I do too. So where are we? What else do we need to, to think about that addicted travelers do? Well, I think addicted travelers definitely communicate. And, you know, we just touched on that. But when you're communicating and you're trying to connect with people in your destination, travelers use international words like photo instead of picture and toilet instead of restroom. They know the cursory please and thank yous of where they are. And sometimes that little inch of just knowing that and using that international language will get you so far. I will tell you if you're in Europe and you say the word Wi-Fi instead of Wi-Fi, you are losing out on an opportunity because they don't say Wi-Fi. And the second you say Wi-Fi, you've identified yourself as an American and you have said I want to be American, even though I'm in your country. Whereas if you say Wi-Fi, they don't know where you're from. And now they're a little bit more curious about you. And if you are American and you say Wi-Fi, they're so happy that you said it their way. So (laughs) you never know. Yeah. So communication, it's a huge thing. Yeah. I also think that travel addicts also enjoy downtime. Mm-hmm. I know I do. You've got to put that one day of downtime in there so mm-hmm. you can just enjoy your moment, enjoy your traveling, yeah. uh, relax a little bit. Just mm-hmm. sit, like you said, sit and watch and listen uh, to the people around you. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. And, you know, even when you're not traveling, you enjoying travel on your downtime, whether you're um, watching a travel show, listening to our podcast, playing travel games, you know, somehow you're expanding your horizons, it, you know, to kind of quench your wanderlust, which I think is so important. Like you've got to keep it going. And, you know, probably the, the most important thing that we can say about travel addicts is that they think responsibly. Yeah. You know, contrary to popular belief, travelers are some of the first to think about hot topics like waste and carbon footprints. And do I need to take this extra step or can I economize in one way or another? You know, like we were talking about before, being a bit more minimalist in what what we're doing, you know. So I do think that those are all definitely huge things that travelers do. Gotcha. I do too. I do too. Oh, when I travel, I take my water bottle with me, my <laughs> refillable one. I try to be responsible. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it gets a little frustrating. When I was in Africa, I, I visited Zambia and I did bring a water bottle thinking I was going to be able to refill, refill. Well, as you can imagine, 
American water is processed and very different than the water that is there. And the people that I was with, um, you know, I was I was going there to teach and I was working with an organization. They said, oh, no, you can't drink water. You know, that's not filtered and you need to drink water from plastic bottles, you know, like you're going to have to use disposable plastic bottles. And so it wasn't my choice. And that was a a very uncomfortable thing for me. So yeah, very interesting. I can can imagine. Yeah. So now that we have talked about travel addiction, we hope that all of you out there are thinking about how you can inspire your inner travel addict to be active and think about what's on your bucket list and go tackle it. You know, the travel industry has taken quite a blow from several global issues, including the war in Ukraine, the climb out of the COVID-19 crisis, and inflation that makes it hard for people to get out into the world like they want to. At this point, leading experts are predicting that it's going to take up to three years for the travel industry to bounce back to full force. One way that you can help the travel industry is to like and subscribe to 10 microbloggers. Each time you do, you're telling all those travel industry experts that you are ready to enjoy everything that the world has to offer, and you can start with us. That's right. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn at Bapsha and Yaya. That is B-A-B-C-I-A and Y-I-A-Y-I-A. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at bobsheandyaya at gmail.com with your questions, suggestions, favorite travel tips, products, and travel trends so that we can share your ideas in the future. Bob She and Yaya is our home base for everything we love about travel. It's where our blog and show notes live and where we share access to all of our resources, including travel literacy for kids. We always have new posts about all the things we love about travel, including today's topics, as well as feature destinations, travel lifestyle, and stories to make you smile. Didn't get all of that? No worries. Just check out our show notes for all of the ways to stay in touch and links to anything we chatted about in this episode. As always, thanks for joining us for our journey.